Welcome. Hi, everybody. Hola. OCZ and uh, Great Face Dave. GFD for short. GF Dizzle. (laughs) How you guys doing? Doing Hell of a weekend, OC. Hell of a sports weekend. Yes, we finally had a sports weekend, OC. We didn't think we'd be getting great sports weekends for a while. We still might not get great sports weekends for a while. If you pay attention to the latest speculation surrounding the coronavirus outbreak, I do a Pac-12 show, so I'm very, very dialed in on all the conversations that are happening surrounding college sports. And there's just every conference wants to do things differently. Every state might have to do things differently in terms of when it opens things up. So, yikes, it's going to be tough to get everything back copacetic and ready to go let me stop you right there oc because i purposely take pride and this is not something that you should take pride in like everybody should be informed but i i am a prideful flamingo i.e i put my head in the sand it's an ostrich flamingos are the pink ones ostriches are the ones who put their heads in the sand don't they both though no flamingos are pink yeah flamingos like they stand on one foot and they always have their head in the sand no, but, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, you're, you're, you're combining right, two right. Ostrich, Okay, ostrich is the proper way of framing that, but I am not wrong that flamingos constantly have their head in their sand. I'm pretty sure flamingos flamingo. don't do that. Okay, all right. I'm pretty sure they do. Flamingo. That's where they get their food. Anyways, anyways, I'm a proud ostrich. I keep my head in the sand. Hold on a minute. So, Did you just say flamingos get their food out of the sand? Out of the ground. No. Yes, they're constantly they constantly have their head in the ground. Anyways, can we move on, please? They live they live like in you know For the uh, love of Pete. For the uh, love of Pete. What do they call it? Like low level water areas and they eat these pink Always have their heads in the ground uh, fish things. And that's what makes their pink color is the food that they eat. We are off to just a flying start. I am right that they constantly have their head in the ground. Anyways, I am a proud ostrich so i don't keep up with the joneses because it's all depressing so what is do you have any actual news to update in terms of what football teams are planning on doing either college or nfl no i do not but i I do know this that a lot of college decision makers have said that june 1st is kind of their point of no return date for college football because june 1st would be eight weeks ahead of training camp And they feel like they need to be able to get these guys organized, strength and conditioning program, get them in shape roughly eight weeks before the season. And the Bay Area, for example, just extended their lockdown until June 1st, effectively. So for the Pac-12 conference, that means Stanford and Cal, they're not going to allow players on campus in gyms and workrooms, whatever, until at least that time. So if it gets pushed back again, we're talking about, you know, a serious threat to college football, at least on the West Coast. But you know. So they're saying so major college officials, if I'm hearing you right, they're saying that June first would be the latest that they could possibly realistically get the players ready for an actual season. So that's kind of like a cutoff date for them. So if the Bay Area says, Hey, we're shut down for June also, you're saying that that would compromise the Pac twelve or at least the Bay Area's Pac twelve teams in yeah. terms of them being able to play? And presumably the entire Pac-12, right? And yeah, they've, a lot of coaches have said that's the date that they are talking about, that they're hearing about. You know, safety becomes a big thing if you just try and get people in to, to camp you know, four weeks yeah. beforehand and, and whatnot. Yeah, because it, so. yeah, it depends on what kind of shape they're in. Yeah. And yeah. with guys not even being allowed to go to gyms in their respective hometowns, you can't 
even reasonably expect that players are staying in the kind of shape they need to be in for football. Normally, the month of June is an off month, right? Players would be in winter and spring strength and conditioning right now, building up the muscle, building up the cardio, all that stuff. Then you get sent home usually for two or three weeks in June, and then you report back to campus, and then you're back in the sort of pseudo-mandatory strength and conditioning program. If all that stuff gets interrupted, yeah. but we'll see. We're going to have to wait and see how it goes. Hey, 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 we have a formula here. On the OCNZ plus GFD show, okay? We start with the Rona rant. We start with something about the quarantine. You want me to go first or you got something? No, what's your Rona rant for Monday? Okay, so check it out. So I live in the, um, since I'm such a better friend to OC than OC is to me, he's always had a room here anytime he wants. He's always been able to stay here. In fact, one time I even put two mints on the two pillows in the guest room of the bedroom that he stayed in. Uh, so, so up here, I am fortunate enough. And again, these are first world problems and these are, you know, blessed problems. But I, I, I have a cleaning lady that can no longer come around. She texted me very oh. sweetly. She said, Jeez, um, thoughts and prayers to you, bud. I know. Well, she said, she said, Zach, I'm sorry, but I can't come until this virus is over. So I've had to be the cleaning lady for the past few weeks. And so my Rona rant, and this is a tip for everybody listening out there. Okay. Because everybody's got to clean. Like, uh, for instance, if I ever get married, <laughs> you know, if I ever get married, um, I'm going to be the cleaner. Like, I'll do the laundry. I'll do the sheets. I will do the dishes. I will do all of the cleaning. Okay? I'll do the vacuuming. I can do all of that. I just can't cook to save my life. I can't even make Kraft macaroni and cheese. All That's right? factual. You're terrible. Okay. So, as part of this cleaning thing now, I mean, I, I've had to up my cleaning now that we don't have the services of my lovely cleaning lady. And so, my tip to everybody out there. You put on some like some maybe some Louis Armstrong, Etta James, or you know whatever whatever tickles your fancy. You put that on like a nice little speaker, and then you get some pine sole out. And then rather than getting on your hands and knees, what you do is you just kind of dance with a towel underneath your feet with the pine sole. And then next thing you know, your whole house is clean. So that's my Rona rant. That's my tip to everybody out there. You get pine sole, you just dump it all over all of the floors. And then you get a towel, you get a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of towels from the laundry room and you just put them below your feet and you just kind of dance along with the music and you clean your house in the process. It's a beautiful thing, OC. Okay. All right. The Fred Astaire method of house cleaning. <laughs> it works though. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then your house smells amazing. It, the, the floors are clean and all you did was just jam out to, you know, some music. <laughs> That's my okay. Rona rant. What do you got? That's, that's fantastic. I, I don't have anything nearly as special as that, except, look, we're all holding our breath in the sports world waiting for things to come back because oh, of God, players. But there was, I know this is not on most people's radar because this is very, very, very far down the list of sports hierarchy, but there was a live sports competition this past weekend. Was it, it took, horse racing? No, it took place in Oregon in an abandoned grain silo. Zachariah. <laughs> okay. In your face, Dave. <laughs> it took place in an abandoned grain silo. What was the sport? Darts? It was jujitsu. It was a jujitsu tournament. Ah. And actually, it was a, not a tournament. It was an invitational, just like a, it's called Submission Underground. You, the uninitiated fight fan, you might even know who Chael Sonnen is, right? Loudmouth guy. Loudmouth. Yeah, does stuff on ESPN. So he puts on a little promotion called Submission Underground. Submission Underground 13 happened to take place this weekend. 
And the announcements, everything was at undisclosed location, no fans. It was just him by himself doing the commentary cage side uh, and only the competitors. And apparently they got cleaned and screened and put up in a hotel that was cleaned and screened or whatever else. But it was a live sporting event that took place during the midst of coronavirus lockdown. There was three total people in this grain silo? At any given time, yes, because there were multiple matches. There was something, well, more than that, because there was like a cameraman and a referee. So there was like less than 10 people, right? Yeah. And, yeah, they, you know, they staged a, a live, very high-level sporting event. It happened to be in a super obscure sport, and you could pay to stream it and all that good stuff. It was on UFC Fight Pass. Well, that's so, cool. I mean, that's really cool. The take reason anything, I bring this take up anything at this point, right? Yeah. The reason I bring this up is because it's going to take a long time until we can get like college football, NFL football cleared, right? The NBA, I don't think is coming back, but there's, those are big time productions that require a lot of people, even to just put the product on your television screen. Individual sports though, golf, where you got, you know, one versus one or you want to go two versus two, whatever. These sports are going to come back. Tennis, you're more than six feet away. Oh my gosh. Tennis is the, like the number one. I mean, you got to put gloves on maybe because you're going to touch the oh, ball. Oh yeah. You touch the ball and you yeah, touch your face and you, yeah, yeah. What yeah. about the ball boys and ball girls? Yeah. They're going to have to wear gloves. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or at this point, we don't know if humans can transmit it to pets. You could train a dog relatively quickly to be a ball boy or a ball girl. For a tennis match. Oh, my you know dog. I mean? Oh, wow. My dog, my dog would be a killer ball boy. Better, and, and it'd be a hell of a lot cuter. People, I would enjoy watching that more than I'd watch those poor adolescents crouching down next to. <laughs> you remember the Seinfeld episode where Kramer was a ball boy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. He outworked all the kids. Anyways, great face, Dave. In case you don't know the format of the show, we do a Rona rant, anything about the Rona. So if you have anything on the Rona, go ahead. Otherwise, I assume we're going to either get into the draft or the last dance. I mean, the last dance has been the the shining bright no, Rona rant. in my life. Rona rant. Do you have a Rona rant? A Rona rant? I've just been locked up in the house and, and just been hanging out with my wife. There's not much to say, but uh, are you watching having more a lot of Netflix. Sex? Watching a lot of Netflix. Are you That's having more good. or less sex? Uh, yes. <laughs> but I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> Excellent answer. OC, are you having more or less sex? Not possible to get any less. So, oh, oh man, yeah, I've been wondering because, like, and I've been wondering during this whole Rona time, is it a blessing that I don't have a wife and kids and a job during this time? Or it... yeah, everyone's just on your same wavelength right now, which for most people is devastating. But um, for you, <laughs> it's not like that for me. This is just your normal life. Exactly. Look, yeah. Okay. It was a big sports weekend. It, is there anything that jumped out to you from the draft? You and I already talked about the Packers and Jordan Love and the whole Aaron Rodgers message and whatnot. Rounds two and three took place over the weekend. I thought there were a lot of great value picks for teams, but was there anything out of the draft that really rocked your world that you absolutely need to discuss right now? So, okay, so we went over round one. Obviously, the big shocker there was the Packers drafting Love to be the eventual replacement for Aaron Rodgers, which is weird because they did that 15 years ago when they had Favre and they drafted Rodgers. Anyways, we talked about that already. In the days after that, I think one of the things that stood out to me, OC, is that it seems like both the Raiders and 
the Broncos, and to a lesser extent, the Chargers, it feels like everybody is trying to keep up or overthrow or mimic or duplicate or however you want to call it, the Chiefs, who are the reigning Super Bowl champs. But you saw that the Broncos are all in on lock. They went wide receiver heavy, and the Raiders, obviously, their first pick was a wideout, Ruggs from Alabama. And it just seems like they're like, okay, you know, they have Watkins, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Mahomes. It seems like they're trying to keep up with them. That's one thing that stood out to me. And then, you know, I guess just the Packers again. I know we talked about them drafting Love in the first round, but then after that, in what was considered widely a heavy wide receiver draft, they didn't get one wide out. They got a tight end, which they didn't really need. I mean, it seemed like a team that made it to the NFC Championship game, they were one game away from the Super Bowl last year, and they have Aaron Rodgers, not maybe in his prime, but close enough, and it seems like they're just not playing for now. Even though you got at least three years of production out of Aaron Rodgers last year. Right? I mean, how old is Brady? 42. Yeah, 42, and Rodgers is, I think, a year older than me, 36, 37. I believe that Aaron Rodgers turns 37 this year, if he's not already 37. And, and look, the Packers get to do what they want. Your better point, the one I want to jump off, is exactly what you said first, that there's this copycat thing that happens in the NFL. The NFL, for all of its genius, and all the people at the very pinnacle of their profession, every single year we see what a copycat league the NFL is. There's an insecurity in all of these alpha males that are looking and saying, I got to keep up with those Joneses. And it Kansas City Chiefs right now. Two years ago, it was the it was the LA Rams. And everyone just wanted to do what the Rams were doing. Everyone wanted to get anything that was connected to Sean McVay. Anyone wanted to try anything <laughs> that McVay was doing. Yeah. And so, hire his brother-in-law, hire his cousin, hire his grocery market uh, guy. Yeah. If you were his Uber driver, you had a shot at becoming an assistant coach in the NFL. And everyone wanted something that was attached to Sean McVay and the young genius and the college system being adapted to the NFL and all that stuff. And now it's, oh, well, now it's about the crazy speed of the Kansas City Chiefs and it's about Andy Reid. Look, Andy Reid has been doing things a certain way for a very long time. He just has better personnel to do it with now. And by better personnel, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. So the attempted copycat things, and they're going to do it again. Flash forward to 2021, if the San Francisco 49ers are able to win a Super Bowl this year and they do it with their run game and their big defensive front, everybody on planet Earth is going to be trading up in next year's draft to try and get big boys up front and try and get fullbacks so they can have a real run game. That is what happens in the NFL. It is a copycat league. No doubt. doubt. It's bananas because – You've got these very few franchises that are willing to do things their own way and kind of, you know, the slow, steady course. And the Patriots have been that for so, so long. And to the Patriots' credit, it would be very easy to be pushing a panic button right now because you got no Gronk, you got no Tom Brady, end of an era, question marks abound on what's going to happen next. And what did Bill Belichick do? He said, "Eh, you know what, I'm going to trade out. I'm going to stockpile picks. I'm going to do what I've always done. And they might not have a great year, but he's not going to have a bad year because he's trying in vain to copycat everybody else. He's doing it his way, and he'll live or die by that sword. Yeah, well, I guess let me ask you this. To go off what you're saying, how often have you seen a team try to copycat 
a team that has had success before them and it actually panned out. Like I'm trying to think of, I mean, the Chiefs didn't copy any sort of formula prior to them winning it. The Patriots have never copied a formula in their entire lives and they've won a bunch of Super Bowls. Other than that, like the Ravens are historically fantastic in the draft. We can get to that. I think they had one of the best drafts along with the Vikings, but when has there been an example of a team that has tried to mimic success that they've seen before them and it actually worked? I mean, I'm sure that GMs and coaches would tell you that it might not work the very next year, but further down the line, there's plenty of times that they've mimicked something and it has worked. But yeah. the, nothing really jumps to mind for me. Uh, we'll just go back for the, the most recent history, right? You had the Rams in their failed attempt to get to the Super Bowl. Everyone tried to copycat them, and all the teams that tried to copycat them are in a rebuilding phase right now, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the Arizona Cardinals might very well be a team to beat in three to four years, but is that because they did an immediate copycat reaction to Sean McVay, or is it because they had a really great draft this year? Yeah. hard to really say, right? When the Eagles won the Super Bowl – it didn't feel like everyone was going out and trying to get two starting caliber quarterbacks. Like everyone go find yourself a Nick Foles. There might be one or two teams that did that. Have any of those won? Not yet. So I don't know. The immediate results of the copycat NFL is really tough to try and figure out. And and the best way that we can see it is when you have a wide open offensive attack that features a lot of pass catchers and then somebody else is able to plug and play. Cause that's a position where you actually can plug and play. You can stockpile some wide receivers. You can get another tight end and you can see if, if those guys will stack up the way that, you know, the chiefs were able to this year, but trying to copycat by getting another Pat Mahomes, it's just, he's one of one or one of two, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to duplicate Tom Brady and you're not going to duplicate Pat Mahomes. So you can try to put the pieces around. I mean, I get it. Look, if, if the Broncos are all in on lock and they want to surround him with wideouts, then, you know, God bless. So be it. You do need to score points. You got Von Miller on the other side who had the Rona in its past. But I want to go to Great Face Dave, our resident, I used to say Oakland Raider fan. Now it's the Las Vegas Raiders. They picked Three wide receivers in their first four picks, great face, Dave. What would you make of your, your silver and black draft? I thought it was a lot of wide receivers, and we have some wide receivers, so I'm wondering what we're going to do with all these wide receivers, and I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Hang on, back up. You don't have wide re- – now you have wide receivers. Now. You did, you did not last year. Receivers. Well, no, not, no. I'm saying we have a full roster of wide receivers that we picked up, but I think we're filling out quite nice. And I think we're going to have a different look at the offense with what we're putting together over there. It's interesting because you know I'm a big proponent of Carr. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not going to go off on it. But I think that he's got everything that you need out of a quarterback. He just has to have the stuff around him. Don't forget when he almost went 13-3 and before he got hurt. But they bring in Mariota. They make him the highest paid backup. OC, what would you make of the Raiders draft? Because... They certainly still have holes on defense, but they needed to load up in order. I I think this is the make-or-break year. I think people have been saying that for like five years with Carr, but I think this is the actual make-or-break year for Carr. Which is maybe a little bit unfair because if your best pass-receiving options are a tight end who we were wondering if he was going to make the roster last year and a bunch of rookies that are highly touted but are still rookies this year, is it really fair to call that your make-or-break year? I don't disagree with you, but geez. Look, they got speed on the edge. I'm with you. He got screwed on Antonio Brown, OC. Because that, I mean, he He should have been there. If he wasn't such a nut job, he should have been there last year 
And I think you'd be able to assess Carr and whether or not he's your franchise quarterback a lot better if, if Antonio Brown was healthy and stayed uh, mentally healthy and had stayed there the entire year last year. Agreed. As it was, they did not have anybody. They didn't have, they didn't have anybody who caught 50 passes. You know, he didn't have. Yeah. Not only did he not have an explosive threat, he didn't have like a, a reliable safety valve. So yep. hopefully they drafted well enough to get those things. Ruggs, the guy they took in the first round, is the fastest dude in this year's draft. That's why yep. they selected him. The most intriguing one for me is their third-round pick, the Kentucky wide receiver Lynn Bowden Jr., who actually played quarterback and was the most productive dual-threat guy in the entire land of college football, and that was playing in the SEC. So – uh, what can you do with him offensive package wise? He's, he's obviously got all the skills to be a wide receiver, but you can line him up as a wildcat quarterback and you can do some really interesting things with him in fly sweep motions, which are not really part of an NFL playbook. That's all college football stuff, but the, the NFL and the NFL offenses are starting to adopt some of these novel concepts and they've done so with a lot of success as of late. So, I'm excited to see what he can do. But look, for Carr, I'm not as high on Carr as you are. But if we use this as his make-or-break year, where his three or four best receiving options are going to be extremely young players, that's still probably a little bit unfair. Well, as the biggest proponent and defender of Carr, I can even say at this point, you know, at some point you have to make the players around you Great. And now with three wide receivers, and I get it, they're going to be young OC. They're going to have to learn the system. It's not like these are veterans that are coming in that you can count on and know that they're going to run their routes precisely and all that. But at this point, he's got to make the people around him great. If we're going to talk about the Packers not drafting any wide receivers, we can talk about the Raiders drafting three out of their first four picks as wideouts, and that car needs to make them good. And if he's going to, if, if he's great, he can at least make them good. He might not have to have some sort of you know, record-breaking year or anything like that, but he's going to have to be a lot better than he was last year when he really only had his tight end and his running back as his two main weapons. Look, it was a very pointed draft for the Raiders. They reached, by the way, on their second first-round pick, and Damon Arnett, the the Ohio State corner, we already talked about that. So yeah, didn't they learn? Didn't they learn from the last cornerback they drafted from Ohio State in the first round? It seems like a very similar situation. I mean, hopefully it turns out different, but pretty much the same draft position and the same school and the same, you know, actual position. Uh, another big thing, as long as we're talking about Bay Area, the draft this weekend was fascinating for the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about their first round where they had two picks, Javon Kinlaw. The uh, defensive lineman from South Carolina. You're already yep. rich on the defensive front. You decided to get richer. They got Brandon Ayuk, who, look, he's kind of a boomer bust prospect for a lot of the analysts. People either love him or they're wondering why you would draft this guy at 25. I lean more towards the love him side because I watched a lot of him in college. He's going to have to prove, though, that he can be that productive against elite corners and, and elite defensive backs a lot of times he faded out or disappeared a little bit against the the best competition he was facing but he's got the physical tools necessary but that wasn't the biggest storyline coming out for the san francisco 49ers or maybe even in west coast football west coast nfl football where are you going joe staley is gone he's retiring but the san francisco 49ers grabbed a replacement and somehow maybe possibly Upgrade. Held steady or upgraded. Upgrade. Oh, they upgraded. Staley. Oh, see, they upgraded. Over a guy who's a multi-year starter, perennial Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl type talent, you probably upgraded. 
when you got a somewhat last-minute announcement that he was going to be retiring. And by the way, what a classy move by Joe Staley to let the organization know, look, I'm probably going to be done. i got some health concerns. I'm probably going to be done. You guys should use this time to find my replacement. And allowing his team to do that is one of the reasons why he's going to go down as you know one of the most beloved 49ers. He held steady on that side of the offensive line through some really rough years. Had some great years also, but some really rough years for San Francisco 49er football. So he gets a lot of love just for that. But maybe his exit, the way he exited in this classy form, one more reason why people are going to love Joe Staley in the Bay forever. Okay, let me interject real quick. My father, God rest his soul. He hated when I celebrated things that I was supposed to do. So if I had chores and I did them, he didn't want me coming in and being like, hey, I did that. Give me love. Or like if I got an offensive rebound, he didn't want to be, oh, yeah, I got that offensive. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm not going to give Staley love because he let the organization know that he was going to retire during the draft. Okay, whoop-de-whoop, that's what you're supposed to do. He'd be Put it like this. He'd be a jackass if he didn't tell him. That's probably a better way to put it. All right. I mean, I'm just saying. But I think they did upgrade. I, Joe State, by the way, and I'm usually never – I guess I am a little bit of a sap when it comes to sports stories and stuff like that. But usually I turn a condescending eye to people telling stories or whatever. I say all this to say that uh, George Kittle, the all-pro tight end for the Niners, released a video – to Joe Staley talking about his retirement and basically thanking him. And he brought up a bunch of stories and he got choked up talking about it. Cause he basically was like, you know, you were there from the time that I was a rookie. You always knew the right thing to say to me. You always got me fired up. You taught me how to go through the lows and the, whoa, who's getting arrested. Sorry. Ambulances. What city are you in? Great face, Dave. I'm in the great city of Pleasanton, California. Why is there crime going on in Pleasanton? I'm definitely yeah. leaving. I'm definitely leaving this in the podcast. I'm unpleasanton today, apparently. <laughs> uh, nice I don't work, know. OC. Nice maybe work, someone, OC. Maybe someone caught the Rona and they're I don't think they, hustling. I don't think way. they call the ambulance a, for. That was I don't think they call traffic. the ambulance for the Rona. Anyways, OC. Uh, George Kittle made a very nice video. I say all that to say that they did upgrade. They got a guy who is not only younger. And I think just better in general, not to take anything away from Staley, but I just think he's a better player if you were to put him, you know, side by side. And also, OC, and you know this, you played at Utah, you played football. A year off? A year off is a very good thing for a football player. Well, if you're a good football player, yeah, (laughs) year off is a great thing. If you're someone who really needs a lot of development, probably not. But that's we're talking about a situation where Joe Staley gets to hang it up and kind of ride off. I'm sure he wanted a Super Bowl championship, but one of the best years of his career. And then they get to slide somebody else right in there who was unhappy in the old situation, now goes to a new team that, with him there, could potentially be in contention again for at least a Super Bowl berth. So Trent Williams, San Francisco, it's a great situation. Great trade. Great trade. Fantastic. They they did give up Brita to Miami, and they gave up Godwin to Philly. Those are a couple of losses. Right. And we all like Brita, right? But if any team out there in the NFL looks at their roster and says, I've got a running back room that can afford to lose a, a spot, and I don't have to replace that man with a big name, the San Francisco 49ers are the archetype for that. So they're going to say, all right, sorry we had to give up someone that we liked, 
But what you're bringing back, it's far more rare to find an all-pro caliber left tackle than it is to find a running back who can give you four or five yards of carry. Agreed. Yeah, well, and also, O.C., I think I watched a breakdown. I forget what it was. I don't know if it was an NFL breakdown, but they were showing the way that Shanahan uses shifting and movement for space. And Breida could just be a product of the system as opposed to a guy that's an actual you know, groundbreaking running back. I mean, they only got a fifth rounder for him, but I didn't see a ton out of Breida that made me say he's great. I think it's more on uh, Shanahan, which begs the question, why the hell does he blow a 28 to three lead against the Patriots and blow a 20 to 10 lead against the Chiefs? With the best defense in football? Great question. Yeah. Anyways, OC, I wanted to let you know feedback from our podcast. Uh huh. This is what I'm getting a steady dose of. Laugh my ass off. In the beginning and the end, you lost me in the middle with the draft talk. And then I have another text. Your podcast is hella good. Sucks that I don't know shit about sports, but the parts you guys aren't talking about sports are comical. Good job. So basically, <laughs> people don't want us to talk about sports, OC. All right, well, let's go back to the draft. I want to say that I think the two biggest winners are the Vikings and the Ravens. Do you like the Vikings draft and the Ravens draft? I do. And I mean, not like I'm, you know, much more about college sports than I do, but just looking at the, they were players that I was aware of, you know, that stood out to me. And for somebody that basically just watches like the big games, I watch college football every Saturday, but I don't watch every game and I don't know all the players. And, you know, you do the Pac-12 network stuff. There were guys that I knew and recognized. And I also liked the fit in terms of their roster construct. They um, look, they actually did. I'm looking at the the Minnesota Vikings draft right now. I don't love Jeff Gladney, their first round draft pick, uh, the corner out of TCU as much as other people do. He's an extremely competitive guy, a little undersized. I, I don't know if he's going to be the dude that they expect him to be, but I, I know why they took him. He was high on a lot of people's boards. Ezra Cleveland, their offensive tackle from Boise State, they got him in the second round. Uh, Ezra Cleveland very well could have been a first-round draft pick. So that's uh, even though it's a, a valuable pick in the second round, that's a steal right there. Cam Dantzler, uh good player out of Mississippi State. That's a dude who's battle-tested, having gone against how many first-round draft pick wide receivers this past season? I yep. mean, he already defended six of the dudes that are yeah. going to be, you know, that was a, a third round pick for them. Justin Jefferson, the wideout that they took, is maybe the most underrated guy that we've ever seen come out of high school football into the college and now into the NFL. I think he's going to really, really be something. First round draft pick, great get by the Minnesota Vikings to get Justin Jefferson at 22. Uh, and then, you know, further down, they got a couple guys I'm familiar with. I don't know really how excited people are going to be about a sixth-round offensive lineman, but these are dudes that are good. Nate Stanley, the Iowa quarterback, he'll be a good backup probably for the rest of his career. So I like what the, the Vikings did there. I'm not hating on any of that. And then you said the Ravens? you like the Ravens draft? Yeah, it seems like the Ravens every year. Eric DaCosta, he just got the job in 2019. Anyways, the Ravens seem to constantly have a good draft. I, I can't I can't remember the last time a draft ended and I was like, oh, the Ravens really stunk. They always seem to have a great draft. That organization in general just seems to be ran. I mean, keep in mind, this was the former Cleveland Browns organization that moved to Baltimore, became the Ravens, and they have won not one, but two Super Bowls since they moved to Baltimore. 
And they just seem to constantly be plugging in great guys in great spots. Love Patrick Queen. Love J.K. Dobbins. They did have an excellent draft. No, there's there's a lot to like about that draft. We got to move on, though. I need your thoughts very quickly All right. uh, on Dave. The, um, the format is we got the Rona rant. We talk a little bit about whatever the sports story of the day is, which in this case was the draft that happened over the weekend. And then we end with a little recommendation about how people can pass some time, what they should be viewing, what they should be maybe doing with their free moments during the coronavirus quarantine. What's yeah, your so recommendation? GFD. Hang on, yeah. hang on, GFD. You can't do Ozarks. You can't do, do Waco. And then what were your two, OC? The documentary on like a river or a body of water that was never found before? That that was not going to be his recommendation, okay? Nope. I bet oh. you guys don't have my recommendation. All right, go ahead, go ahead. You're going you're gonna to love this recommendation. Go I've ahead. been zoning out on Hulu, okay, with my <laughs> wife, and we have, we have watched all of the 90-day fiancé. Oh, series. God. And I've oh, watched Jay, from the Jay, start. Throw the flag. Nope. 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 This is Jay. what I've been doing, and it's so interesting. Jay, it's so is fun. This some stupid reality marriage thing where they meet each other and they get married within three months. Yeah, but it's deeper than that. No, it's so, all, no, no it these, less, it's less these people deep. are what are meeting each other on the internet, and you go and you follow them, and they meet each other for the first time. Sounds okay. Cool. It's 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 great. It's great it entertainment. So bad. It's great entertainment. And then okay. they have at the end of the season, they have a thing where they all sit down, all the couples, oh, and they just hash it out. And all it's them, just Dave? like Dave, all not, of them. Dave, not just some of them. No, all of them. Oh, okay. some of them. Some of them are on Skype, <laughs> like they're not in the country, you know, yet. Oh, they haven't gotten their visa yet. You know what you're doing? You're basically telling anybody that's listening to this, go drink bleach. Like, just just, just consume poison. I haven't been watching the news, but when I did tune in, I did see that there was 40 people in New York that digested or drank or did something with chemicals because the president said that it may help them. And I'm not oh saying that God. worked. Okay. Yeah, right. 40 Dave, people. Dave, you, 40 Dave, people. You, Dave, we tossed to you for a recommendation. You couldn't have given a worse recommendation, and then you gave a horrible news update. OC, please save us. <laughs> Good face, Dave. Bad recommendation, Dave. That is <laughs> so bad. Ooh, that's 30, tough. 90-day fiancé? I can't imagine. Okay, first of all, I wouldn't want to watch any sort of marriage story, okay? Just like ever. Like, I don't need to see that, let alone – a dumpster fire that would be a 90 day fiance. It was, it was, it's pretty interesting once you get into it. And no, then the you should other, know each other for like the other, years before the other, you get married, let alone 90 days. The other big show that I just oh, started you got watching. More. You got more. Okay. I got one more and you guys right. definitely don't have this on your radar, but okay. it's called, uh, Kim's convenience store on Netflix. Uh, season. That actually sounds interesting. What's it about? It's about a family from Korea that moved to Canada, and they own a convenience store, and it's their life, it's sitcom, of them fitting in to Canada. And, okay, that uh, I can get down on. I can't get down on 90 Day Fiance. What do you got, OC? Wait, a bunch of, an immigrant family opens a convenience store in the most polite nation on planet Earth. Wow, that's yeah. going to be. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> it's good. That's going to be riveting stuff. Look. Do you have a ring doorbell on your house? No, but I need I it. I do. I do. Okay. 
you want you want to pass some time, all you folks out there, not on your Netflix, not on your Hulu, not on your Amazon Prime or your HBO Go. Pull up your Ring app on your phone, okay? The Ring doorbell app, and just go look at the incidents in your neighborhood. Go to your Ring app and pull up all of the things that other people who have the Ring app have reported, the videos that they have uploaded off of their Ring doorbell cams, Zachariah. You should get a Ring doorbell just for this. Oh, it's not even the exciting factor. It's like the what the hell is going on in the world factor. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. This is the I most, know. How could there be anything going on? This is the most tame, benign community that you can ever find. Okay, so, so what do you see? you got to give me some examples. So just like random people are always uploading videos of like, oh, this 3 in the morning, a mile away from my house. There's just a random naked dude lurking around people's cars in a driveway. What? Where, who is this man? What's going on here? Oh you know? my god! In the middle of the, the middle of the day, attempted break-in, Zachariah. <laughs> this is informative stuff. People, <laughs> 1.9 miles away from my house, middle of the day, some lady posted a video of a guy who looks to be a little down on his luck. Uh, trying to break break into her house in the middle of the afternoon. Oh my Don't god! Me. How about this one? Half a mile away from my That's house. Horrifying! Gunshots in the middle of the afternoon. Did anyone else hear a gunshot? What? This is why, this is why you need nearby incidents on your ring camera. Fascinating voyeuristic what? stuff. I believe that you can get the ring app and look at the neighbor point without yeah. buying without buying the ring. Oh, there you go, Zachariah. You don't even have to buy the freaking thing. No, no, I, I clear, clearly I need it. I mean, I live in the Berkeley Hills, a very nice neighborhood. But if you're in Salt Lake, pristine city, Utah, and and you're having stuff like that going on, I definitely need a ring camera all over my property. And by the way, you know what the other? So half of it is that stuff that's like legitimately concerning, and the other half is just the completely tone deaf neighbors who are posting things like, "Whose cat is this?" Yes. <laughs> There's that. Just a video of someone's cat. You're like, people with people with way too much time on their hands. Why would you put that on the nearby incidents? Upload that to the mainframe of Ring. Hey, there's a cat on my porch, everyone. We have uh, in my neighborhood. We have a white SUV who is trailing behind FedEx package deliveries about a block or so, and it's the same lady every day, and you see her all around. Uh, the Fremont Union City area, and she's just bang, bang, bang all day long. I don't it's know. It's the same I, lady. I think I want to go back to my flamingo ostrich and uh, put my head in the stand. I don't, I don't even think I want to open up this can of worms. All right. My recommendation, and this is actually a good one. Both of you should watch this. So if we talk tomorrow, we can talk about it. Operation Odessa. Here is the description, gentlemen. A Russian mobster, a Cuban spy and a smooth operator from Miami scheme to sell a Soviet submarine to a Colombian drug lord for $35 million. If I don't have you there, I'm never going to have you on anything. I'm writing this down. I'm going to watch this. What is this on? What is this on? Operation Odessa, you're welcome. Okay, if you know anything about me, I love things based on a true story. That's why I recommended Waco because it was based on a tragic thing from my childhood when I was like 10 years old and I remember reading about it. Uh, this is based on a true story. It's on Netflix. Unbelievable. Okay. That doesn't hook you. There is nothing that I can hook you with. That's good. That's Thank all you. I need. I'm Thank going to watch it. I'm going to go watch it. That's Zachariah. Right. Good face, Dave.
We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Holla! Holla. Bye.